0: you go ahead and introduce yourself for everybody in the audience who may be unfamiliar with you and your work.
1: Yeah, so um, hi to everybody in the audience, first of all. Um, I'm Ely. I am a 21-year-old artist, um, also a college student studying psychology and economics. i um, been making art just about my entire life and have pursued a lot of different media, uh, most of my life really focusing in a lot on comics on different forms of world building and storytelling and character design Um, and then more recently um, definitely moving a lot more into uh, the abstract realm um, and trying to incorporate in as many different uh, types of media and different influences as possible throughout my work
0: that's awesome yeah no I'm actually I'm really excited for this interview because I was realizing when I was like writing out the run of show that like I know about your current work, but I don't really know much about your background, so I'm going to be excited to get ask some questions, but I want to start off with the big one. What inspires
1: you? All sorts of things. Um, I mean, really, I think, I think a lot of, of what inspires me is, um, really just like sort of at some level real world uh, events and just stuff that I'm kind of interested in and feel is important uh, to examine in some sense. Um, That's often all I really try to do with my work is really examine uh, issues, although I think sometimes my my taste and opinion shows through on them. Um, And then from an artistic sense, all sorts of uh, different forms of media um, I mean, music really is a big one. Definitely listen to, like, a lot of ambient music um, throughout, throughout my creative process and lo-fi and stuff like that. Uh, reading comics and books as well. Um, definitely a big inspiration. Um, but above all else, I'd say, like, the, the things that fuel me the most, like, I walk away from um, are certainly, like, really impactful uh, interactions with people, um or viewing art live like going to a museum um and seeing art on just this macro scale or even something like the movie theater right or or a concert where you really just get to kind of be be fully immersed in the artistic consumption um i'd say is is likely the 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 time and place i feel the most um most inspired that's fascinating. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that.
0: I, I feel like I, I really take up on the ambient music feel from your work, but I'm kind of curious, like, so speaking of being inspired by, like, museum exhibits and stuff like that, do you have really grand plans for, like, in the future, potentially having some sort of, like, lofty sort of goal for, like, a big, like,
1: more, like, installation kind of thing or anything like that?
0: Yeah. I... something that's more of an experience
1: yeah, I would love to do that. So um, a lot of my work is audiovisual and nature, like I, I, in addition to, I guess I probably should have said that in my introduction, um, but I do do make a, a good amount of music, grew up just playing the violin and orchestra um, as as part of school, um, then picked up guitar and bass a bit, although I'm not great, um, and do, do a good amount of production. So with a lot of my work, I really try to um, go audiovisual with it and incorporate both sound and music so I would love to have um, an installation or something like that down the line where it is really immersive um, and you can really kind of fully absorb yourself in the work and especially the world um, and and definitely think that there are a lot of different interesting ways for uh, me to kind of go about getting people to experience the story that I'm interested in telling um, and consuming my work in different ways. So yeah, different, different interactivity um, and, and modes of consumption is definitely something I've been interested in a lot and I think spent a good amount of time this summer really trying to, to focus again on my physical craft um, after, after having spent a pretty long while um, nearly exclusively just drawing on the iPad. So would love to, to see that one day and, and have it be as um, fully encapsulating as possible. That's fascinating. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's really cool. Yeah, because
0: I, I think I, I kind of get that very, like, atmospheric, like, larger-than-life kind of feel from your work, even when we are talking about, like, just, like, the digital art or, like, the physical stuff or whatever it may be. So I, definitely, I can definitely see that in the future. But um, I'm kind of curious. So is there, like, a recent event or anything like that that's, that's inspired a recent piece that you could, like, speak about specifically?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um... – one, one of the big ways I'm really trying to uh, right now consider my, my approach as an artist is by being um, immersed in kind of my local environment as well um, and, and kind of growing from there. So this summer was in Chicago. I uh, went to I'm Not Art and had, had a piece exhibited there on one of their screens for the night, which was a really cool experience um, and got to talk to a lot of people about that. And Even just this past weekend, a couple of friends of mine who... Uh, run a local fashion brand at my my school have just this amazing uh, sort of studio space there that they opened up into a full gallery so we had a lot of different artists and people in that community from all around campus uh, sort of coming in and getting to see that um, inspired by that I did so I did have three pieces that I that I made and were shown for that um, and then actually created this little piece um, I'm not sure if I can I'm, I'm truthfully entirely unaware of how to pen stuff. So someone else might have to, if interested, Um, but called my life in art, which was just like a very simple uh, three frame gift with my character, the artist who um, is definitely a character that, that I relate to a lot right from my, my own experience, kind of viewing three pieces that I created uh, from this sort of higher realm. And in, uh, in this, this different space, that's, that's both separate from, but also a part of the art in front of it. Um, so yeah, kind of speaking to your, to your earlier point about, um, kind of having things be fully immersive. Like I think, I think examination of my own art is something that I really value and want to want to continue to drive, um, to continue working on my process and, um, things like that moving forward. That's really cool. Yeah. That, um, that constant theme of,
0: like, how the, like, the figures, or not not constant theme, but I noticed a little bit of that theme of, like, the characters, like, looking at the art. And that specific piece, like, I, I took a scroll through your media earlier when I was writing everything out, and it really struck out to me. So, would you say that most of your pieces end up being stills, or do you like to pursue that animation style a lot? Um,
1: definitely very recent into animation. I mean, pretty much the, the most advanced thing I can do is a pretty simple little like three-frame uh, loop in, in Procreate. Um, I did one piece that was a bit more ambitious with that, but still very simple like looping animation um, that I actually, I started off as a, a physical multimedia piece. It was one of the pieces that was uh, displayed and then went in afterwards and added to it digitally. Um, to create this kind of figure looking at um, another figure, which is constantly moving and changing throughout the work. Um, so that piece I called I, I Found God in a Field of Flowers, um, which I just felt really, really sort of encapsulated uh, my, my feelings on, on the work, on nature in general, um, and, and kind of how I find uh, a lot of meaning um, through my own art and just, just inner peace and, and stuff like that. But that was definitely one of the more ambitious um, animation-wise, um, which is still pretty, pretty small scale. Um, but definitely, yes, most of, my, most of my focus over time has been focused a lot on uh, still pieces and really kind of capturing full scenes. And past few weeks, I've been uh, painting a good amount more, which I'm, I'm really, really enjoying bringing gouache into my work. Um, and using that. So I think for a while, I'm really going to be kind of continuing the the still approach a bit more um, and really wanting to to continue working with color and abstraction a bit. Interesting. Well, this kind of
0: does actually lead partially into my next question. So I was going to ask a little bit about like the lore and world, and world building, because I noticed like when I was looking at the Elysians earlier, like the collection of, I can't remember, it was like 45 or around 40 or something like that, but I noticed that there's like a good bit of like reference to the lore and the about of that. And I was kind of wondering, like, since you are exploring animation a little bit, do you have like lofty ambitions to potentially in the future doing some sort of like long form animation or anything that like kind of explores that world further in that way?
1: Yeah. I mean, first of all, I definitely like want to humble myself and I, I would, I would definitely take some, some serious time to study animation intently. Um, but yeah, I mean, truthfully, like, if I could could long form do something animated like that, would love to have um, some sort of animated television show in this world. I think that would be really phenomenal. Um, and kind of down the line, have, have thought a bit about what this looks like. Um, and, you know, if I get the opportunity and the capital to kind of continue building this world out, um, I definitely think it is something that is a, a team effort. Um, and I, I know that there's a lot of things that I can't do and would kind of like to, to potentially down the line see myself take even a, a sort of creative director approach to, um, to it as, as a large studio in some sense. So that's a, that's a very, very lofty goal, very far down the line. But yeah, I would love to do stuff like some longer form animations, uh, music videos, um, and definitely incorporating more movement in and, and tying that into the lore and storytelling for the world interesting no i think that's
0: something that's really cool so yeah so let's talk a little bit more about the lore and the world building in general so i'm kind of curious like anytime that we have somebody on uh, that has like a collection like this where there's like some aspect of the lore and the world building there's also like the art to it i'm kind of curious like what's your process usually like as far as what comes first, first? like do you typically like draw some stuff out and then after the fact you're thinking about like okay so like what does this really mean or is it do you approach it from like thinking about the lore and the world building throughout your day and then you sit down and like fully fully make it
1: yeah for sure so um I definitely started out by in in this world the world of Elysia uh through the comic which I'm finally about to to put out got the pages all designed and I'm gonna start start ordering some uh some first copies of pretty soon, so I'm excited about that. Um, but my my kind of first first approach when when going into the comic was really to think about what I wanted to talk about. Um, so was and 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 still am very much interested in um, individual psychology. I mean, it's what I'm studying in school, um, and really wanted a, a story that could kind of. Um, talk about the minds of a lot of these different characters and their beliefs um, and kind of pits the main, main um, sort of conflict on uh, these, these axioms of order versus chaos and man versus machine um, and, and people kind of playing with, with powers that are too big for them and um, either reaping the consequences or, or, you know, gets passed on down the line. Um, So really, the first thing that I did was kind of think about what I wanted to talk about and what I was interested in and what I wanted these different characters to represent um, before I even drew the first character um, and was really just kind of thinking about the story in my head and what what it was that I really wanted to bring uh, to the world with my my art, um, the sorts of things I was interested in and wanted to examine. Um, so then, I mean, from there, just kind of started thinking about the world at a very, uh, sort of high level. Um, I know, I know a lot of the times other people go in a very reverse process. They'll design a character first and build out the world around it. Um, but I kind of tried to start at the highest level by thinking like, okay, what is this world? Um, like, what does it exist within? What are the powers that, that define this world, um, and the things that shape it? And then sort of started to think about belief systems that that people uh, would hold and how that would shape systems, um, socioeconomic systems, and things like that. Uh, and then from there, I began to think about the characters. Um, and and once I had sort of those things thought out in my head, uh, the characters kind of kind of just come um, because you you have all these systems, you have all these rules in place, and all of these things that that are external to the characters that have already been, been defined. Uh, so there are just kind of certain roles that um, you kind of fill with, with the characters from there. Obviously, too, you know, taking, taking careful time to have uh, good and rich character design and really ensuring that these characters um, are not, both, not only both interesting and hold up lore-wise, but are also um, a compelling visual design as well. Um so so that's kind of my process for going about lore. Um and then when I go to create a piece, like truthfully, I kind of mentally have the the entire timeline um of the world kind of kind of laid out. Um I made one of my one of my uh one of ones um on my on my uh first manifold uh smart contract for one of ones um is called Genesis One, very much reflecting the biblical title. Um, I take a lot of sort of religious titles when it comes to uh, naming my art and stuff to to kind of capture these single moments. but um, in in that like that's the beginning of the universe and i have I have pieces that kind of talk about the end, a lot of which I've been doing more recently because that's that's a bit more what I've been interested in on um, the part of the story I've wanted to skip to. but so I know that was a lot there um but but that's kind of my my approach to world building and then kind of picking a piece of art I want to create from that given that I have um kind of all of this constructed.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that that structure of like thinking about like kind of the concept
1: and what you want to say
0: with it first and then developing everything around that. That makes a lot of sense looking at the art because I I was actually so while you were talking about that I was scrolling through some of the collection and the art is like I feel like you're telling such a story with every single one. And it kind of of makes me curious. Would you mind if I just, like, ask about a couple of them and, like, what they kind of mean to you and the inspiration behind them?
1: Yeah, for sure. No, I I would love nothing more. That sounds great. So the first one that, like, just stood out a lot, just because it's super visually striking, is
0: the Child Tongue of God. I'm kind of curious, like, how that one specifically fits into the, the universe that you're
1: talking about, like, called the World Building. Yeah, for sure. So that is um, and something in this collection, too, is a lot of these characters, I know, change over time as well, um, given kind of the systems and their evolutions. And a lot of the, the focus of the story um, that I'm talking about is during this time when a lot of these systems are collapsing. So there is a lot of rapid change. Um, so the child character takes place kind of uh, child tongue of God character. I'm sorry. That is the alternate form. Um, to just kind of the baseline child is part of the origin series and kind of takes place before that. Um, and that's when the the child is sort of being developed and created by the, the man who also made this incredibly powerful um, AI war machine, which is uh, first called the machine, then kind of takes on life and names itself Dear Father and um, and so this this was kind of this this man's attempt at salvation um, to create a machine that he thought could fix it. So instead of uh, being a machine of logic and rules and victory and war, he tried to create a machine of empathy. Um, and in doing so, in order to make a machine like feel that kind of um, imbued it with this, this material that essentially comes from the angels, the higher powers that kind of uh, dictate um, the rules of order in Elysia so not they don't really dictate the rules of chaos they're fighting against those um, but uh, that that essentially give gave the machine the power to um, be able to relate to other uh, forms of life and possesses it with a certain sort of universal knowledge which which given its machine restrictive code um, is empathy in this character so Um, that's, that's kind of where I wanted to, to go with this is kind of explaining, uh, how this character was created, what its purpose was, um, why it's character create, or why it's creator created it, um, and what his purpose was with his creation. Um, and then kind of what the creation's own desires are, um, kind of unfold later on. That's incredible. Well, on a side note, I think I'm sold. I
0: definitely have to look for one of these, but also like. I just think I think think it's crazy how much goes into each one of these. Like the fact that I was able to name off one of those, and there was so much behind it, is really wild to me.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, and it's something that I really want to take the time to do. Um, it's it can be tough too when you have like uh, truthfully just some of the UI that that exists in um, in NFT world now. It's hard to. Uh, post a lot of this writing that goes into these characters alongside them besides sort of the open sea description so yeah you really do kind of have to get invested and go down the rabbit hole but once you do I really do try to to pack all these characters full and fill them with uh, personal stories and just conflicts that that I'm dealing with and I'm interested in uh, outside of myself as well so thank you for, for recognizing that yeah, of course. No, it's it's really
0: fascinating. So how long do you feel like you were working on the conceptual stage of the illusions? Like how long was spent just come up, come up with the story? And was it kind of like more of an active process or a passive process? Like just having the ideas of you want to, as you want about your life and
1: making other art, other art? Yeah, definitely. I would, I would say it was a pretty p- passive process. Um, a lot of it just kind of grew over time. Um, I mean, as, as I mentioned earlier, I'd been making, uh, art my whole life. And um, I mean, truthfully, actually, this is kind of a bit funny. I was thinking about the other day, Um, my car got broken into and my backpack got stolen, which had um, the contents of uh, another like large form comic I'd been I'd been working on with my partner at the time. Um, We had like four pages of like full color artwork done in that and it got taken and we were like, well, crap, you know, there was a, there was a project we were working on for a, a good while. Um, so it gave me time to kind of, you know, it, it, it sucked, but insurance covered everything. Um, anyway, it gave me time to sort of reconsider, uh, this world and what I wanted to do next. So in kind of the initial, uh, sort of conceptual stages, um, I definitely thought a lot about, you know, what, what direction I wanted the world to go into. Uh, Before I began storyboarding, but even once I began storyboarding the comic um, and, and thinking that stuff out really kind of from there continued to, to evolve the story. And I mean, even to, even now, like, I feel like I have, I have the, the beginning, the end, the, the massive conflict and most of the stuff uh, in between, but kind of picking out individual moments Uh, as we mentioned, is something that like kind of unfolds as it goes, because I have a lot of these uh, really large universal rules. um, Truthfully, like I have flexibility in where I want to put things in the middle because I do take a very postmodern storytelling approach and kind of jump all over space and time with what I'm interested in talking about in that moment. So uh, yeah, there's definitely, I mean, there was a lot, a lot, a lot done at the beginning to like figure out the major overarching rules But there are definitely still, like, smaller details that get worked out with every single piece. That's really
0: interesting. So this this kind of makes me wonder a little bit. We've been talking a lot about, like, the stuff, like,
1: post-NFTs. But how long have you been working on art just in general? Yeah, I mean, truthfully, like, my entire life. um, My mother was an artist. She's uh, an art historian professionally, has her Ph.D., uh, finishing up her dissertation now so go mom um, and is I mean I, so I've, I really truthfully have been just like surrounded by art my whole life on uh, my bedroom here I'm at my college dorm or now uh, I guess apartment's not technically a dorm uh, but I've got my mother's art in here uh, she's got this pencil piece that says I'm an artist sits right above my desk that's all it says it's just that in pencil uh, but probably my favorite piece of art and a good daily reminder for me um, so, you know, I, I, I've been absorbed in it forever. And, and as a kid in grade school would spend a lot of time, like just making comics with my friends. I had a lot of friends too, who liked to, to make comics and we just like bust out printer paper, draw on them, you know, it would be like four pages sometimes like just one piece of printer paper, folded up in half and then draw on all four sides of it. Um, and then like trade those with each other. So that was like a big, big intro for me. Um, also just the school I went to, like drawing and art were a very big focus of the curriculum. So spent a lot of time, uh, making art and playing music. Um, so definitely had some, some good external reinforcement there. Um, and I just liked it a lot. Like I would do it in my free time, uh, constantly, uh, doodle and stuff, but, but never really, um, never really thought of putting my work like out there and, and um, even kind of documenting what I was doing until I had something where once I was kind of building out the comic a lot more um, and beginning to think about how I wanted to scale and learning more about NFTs, I was like, okay, it's time to, it's time to start documenting some of this. Cause I think, I think I'm about to, to hit a point where what I'm doing is, is going to be deserved to be seen. Um, so Uh, that was, that was kind of everything, everything before. And I mean, I made, I made just like a ton of different, different types of art, pursued all, all sorts of different things, but never really had, um, a bunch of, of formal, formal stuff, but always did like different camps and classes, uh, in my, in my free time and during summers.
0: That's rad. So before NFTs, there was really no, um, there was never like a moment where like you like commercialized it in some way, like selling prints or selling merch or maybe even like getting on the, on the commission's
1: grinder or anything? No. Yeah. Never. I, I can say I've proudly done one commission in my life. Uh, and it was like the easiest, smoothest thing ever. Like the client was phenomenal. Gave me full creative auto- uh, like autonomy. Um, and I hated it. I hated it so much. Like I just hated that I had this artistic deadline that I was beholden uh, to someone else too. Cause I've always been very much about doing art on my own terms, by my own rules. Um, and it's a big reason why I avoided going to art school and why I immediately uh, avoided um, at a young age saying, I'm going to do art as a career. I've always, I've always thought, you know, when, when it's time to make the jump to do art as a career, it will be very, very, very apparent for me. Um, I don't think I'm I'm going to, you know, have any question about when it's time to to make that jump um but but yeah definitely uh never really spent a lot of time doing commissions or uh commercializing my work at all really before nfts so um i mean made some comics which like again just like handed out to to friends and stuff um and some trading cards and stuff like that but yeah never never really thought about doing it as, as a business. And even now, a lot of the times, I mean, I'm just doing this because I'm a hundred percent passionate about it. Like just do this in my free time when I'm not working on school um, and love every second of it. That's so cool. So um,
0: <laughs> I can't believe this. I just lost my thought. I just lost my train of thought, but I do have another question anyways. So thinking like a little, thinking on like a little more of a big note and thinking a little more philosophical, what do you think the purpose of art is? Like what does art provide for society?
1: I mean, at, at a broad level for society, um, I think that, that art can really be a tool for, uh, education and inspiration and not, not, not education in the, um, factual sense, although there certainly is historical art that, uh, is, is very, very meaningful and very, um, very thoroughly can can capture a, a real moment in time but um i think that art in the years to come is going to become uh, much much more inevitable in the public eye uh, that is to say as the world continues to globalize um as technology continues to permeate borders um, as as immigration continues to rise and people from different cultures mix and learn from each other and share uh, what we all have to offer for each other, um, I believe that that art is um, at a very very high level uh, the cultural unifier um, and the shared language that that we as humans um, not just in spite of but also because of our um you know beautiful differences are are able to to connect with each other and um tell stories that we can't tell otherwise and and talk about things that you know no 30-minute ted talk can can explain no university lecture can explain uh no night out with friends can even explain and and um yeah i mean i mean you know credit to each of those things as well but um, yeah, I, I really do believe that art is uh, the, the single tool that, if we have a hope of uh, a unifying the world in some way, um, that, that that will be the way we do it. And at a, at a micro level, I, I think it's just there for pleasure, right? I love seeing everybody's art every day, makes me very happy, fills me with joy and inspiration, and constantly pushes me to do better. But that's me as an artist. Um, so, so for me, it's very much uh, fuel and um excites me and uh most i think most of the artists in the audience i have probably seen something from your work and stolen it before so so thank you that's real no i definitely i try
0: to i try to do things in my own way but i definitely found myself doing the same it's just it's hard to not do that when you're just around so many
1: inspirational artists all the time yeah for sure i mean i truthfully don't even think like theft is uh I'm not saying theft isn't like totally ripping off someone's concept or, or idea, but, but I'm in, you know, there, there are so many artists where I see something I'm like, Oh, that is so sick. Like I've got to figure out how I can learn from that or work from that in some way. So yeah, not straight up plagiarism. That's, that's never cool. Yeah. But no, no, no. Yeah. Totally. So talking about all those like macro reasons for what do you think the purpose
0: of art is and what art provides for society and everything, do you think that that is like a big driving force for you personally as well? Just like made, like making a change and like being able to communicate in that way and kind of opening people's minds in that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would love to. Um, yeah. The main, the main kind of message of my art, which I think I'm actually, I'm sitting down to write about uh, thank you to, to everyone burrito down for putting me on to mirror today. Uh, reminding me a because I'm I'm about to sit down and write about my three uh, most recent pieces and kind of kind of what that is. But um, yeah, I think the ultimate message if I if I had a platform to uh, to reach every ear in the world would be would be a message of collectivism um, and and one of of people just being able to be there to support each other and help each other. Um, in in kind of the 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 end of the story um well it doesn't spoil anything because i've said it but the world ends um and everybody dies um except for for the machines um and and non non uh yeah just machines and and robots and and artificial intelligence uh continues to live on without man um but uh man and life uh in this story kind of continues to go into this hive mind uh sort of space and is able to interact with each other and learn from each other and um it's very an optimistic sort of sort of view but um i mean i'd like to think that that is what the the afterlife is and maybe even that that's something that we could uh maybe somehow down the line on earth achieve is um a, an ability to, at a psychosocial level, complete each other, um, be able to, uh, instantly and easily learn from each other's mistakes, um, and share beautiful moments together and, um, just general, uh, level of understanding of one another and, and harmony. So, so that's the message that I, I hope to promote. And I think, um, In my art, I try to both capture the uh, there are there are a lot of parts that are world building and very much not related to uh, that final message. But a lot of the more uh, recent and abstract things I'm trying to focus on uh, those moments at the end um, and and friends uh, learning from each other and enemies forgiving each other um, and and what that would mean for for our world right here on Earth. Um, because even though this is this is a fictional world, it very much uh, acts as an examination of my own inner state um, and my own opinions on the world as well. So I think if, if I could carry that to the world, that would be the one thing I'd, I'd want to preach. I love that. I think that's beautiful.
0: And so recently you've been doing more with Burrito Dow as well. And you talking about like the the collectivism and all of that really got me thinking about that. Do you think that your thoughts on all of this approaches the way that you approach collectives like this and organizations like this?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I even mentioned this earlier, like talking about creative studio um, and stuff like that, but okay. A little bit of a tangent, um, but I think, I think people's, uh, some of people's biggest weaknesses are um Pride and the the ability to think that they can and should do everything themselves. Um, I believe that we have a lot a lot of power um, as groups and as people. Um, and I generally carry myself uh, with the opinion and the mind that um, every single person in the world has something to teach me, and I can learn something from them. Um, and um, Yeah. So really just try to take a general sort of open-minded approach. Um, When it comes to, to organizations and stuff like that, which is, is what I'm studying in school is uh, industrial organizational psychology. um, And which is generally like a a psychological approach to business um, and, and how humans interact with each other in the workspace like that. Um, And yeah, definitely believe that there is a lot of collective power. I mean um, it, in in us working together so even in my short time during uh since joining burrito dao helping out with human capital there and taking a lot of initiatives to kind of restructure and reorganize uh the organization um it's been really really awesome to not only get to connect with so many of the people in there like even today just hanging out in the group chat asked a question about good web 3 writing tools and instantly got like a ton of shout out so you know, that's that's already proof of the power of the collective knowledge, but also the things that we can just um, accomplish as as groups together. So, know there are a lot of projects that we are all working on that can't fully spoil right now, but just really awesome stuff that is uh, being worked on and is ahead for everybody in Burrito DAO um, and can attest to the power of through working together, us being able to achieve uh, greater things and um, and, and on top of that, too, you know, I mean, even just organizations aside, uh, you can't do Web3 without your friends and without um, friends who are also uh, smart and wise and, um, you know, pragmatic and able to carry themselves well. So uh, definitely, definitely a big advocate of this sort of structure for taking uh, collective action in the space.
0: I think that's something that's beautiful. But... And I'm kind of curious. So I actually didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I wrote this question down earlier before I even knew about your background about like going to school for this stuff, but I think it's even more of an interesting question now. So I was going to ask, and I'd, I'd still like to, how different has it been working with Burrito DAO versus other organizations in the past? And then also on a little more of a macro note, like what are your thoughts on the pros and cons of DAOs versus other forms of organization?
1: For sure. So um, most of my work experience uh, so far. So I am a senior in school, so haven't really ever had a full full time job. Um, but I've gotten to have a cool a uh, couple of different internships, um, one working like at a human resource corporate office, um, another working uh, this past summer worked at, at Pepsi. I was out in a warehouse kind of helping to manage the operation there. Um, so this is definitely like burrito Dow is definitely the most like startup kind of organization that I've gotten to be a part of in this sense. Um, maybe aside from, from the club that I get to, to lead at my school. Um, but it is really interesting to, uh, get to be able to take so much initiative. And that's something that I think is a really, really big, um, part of, uh, uh, Web three and just kind of startups and in, in general is is the ability to have a lot of uh, swaying power through these smaller organizations and get to contribute a lot to the initial structure and culture, uh, regardless of what position you're in. Um, I know, like at a lot of the bigger organizations I've uh, been in, it can be a bit harder to get sway, um, especially when it is like you're the intern, you are the new guy, like. They're going to be leaving in a few months um so so definitely think that like having this sort of uh ability is a really really interesting um opportunity i suppose to to kind of everyone in the space and i would definitely say um you know like there are a lot of organizations out there looking for stuff um i remember joe just approached me he was like hey uh want to join burrito Dow cause I'd expressed interest before. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. Talked with him about syncing up. I was like, here's what I'm good at. Um, and, and he was like, well, you know, need help with human capital stuff. We don't have anyone for that. Um, and now just because I made it up, I'm head of human capital at burrito Dow. Um, so I, I mean the opportunities are out there to get involved with cool stuff like this. Right. And just, even get into organizations where um you know maybe the end goal isn't profit but just like as being able to take part in collective action in the space i think is something that pretty much everyone should at least try to consider if you're um pursuing things as an individual as well as to kind of take you know consider what the organizational side um of things are like for sure um in terms of DAO versus other forms of organization too yeah, definitely think both have um, their pros and cons. I mean, with, with you know, DAOs and startups, as I mentioned, there is a ton of flexibility. But two, especially if you are looking to sell a product, raise capital, um, as smaller organizations, there can be a lot of risk. Um, but in a lot of the, the bigger organizations, while the risk is mitigated, um, it often comes at the price of stagnation or uh, inability to kind of direct um, your future, your career, or things like that. So it definitely is, you know, something to consider. I mean, it. it a lot of it does depend on risk aversion um, and what you're interested in and what you're looking for. But um, there are definitely a lot of pros and cons to both, and it's been a really cool opportunity to finally get to explore this world. Yeah, it's it's honestly a fascinating field to be in because I.
0: I've, so I've had experience with the burrito, dab, but also. I have had some experience, like, in the last year or so now with working at, like, a couple different startups within crypto. And um, I can vouch personally, like, as an artist in the space who had a little bit of experience with, like, directing marketing rollouts and stuff like that for musicians in the past. I was able to kind of, like, take the skills from that and take the skills from, like, building my own community. And then I'm not going to name the company, but I got on with this startup last year. And it was, it was, it was just a really interesting experience to me. And it was a cool experience to, like, be able to learn a lot in a short amount of time and kind of like have way to decisions and learn through that and just like learn how the the whole startup world works. So I don't know. I think this is, I'm talking a lot for the person that's the interviewer, but I just wanted to stress that like if you're an artist in the space and you're feeling stressed out by like a need to create and be like a successful artist, just know that there are other ways to succeed in the space and other ways ways to to contribute and like kind of like learn your way through here something i always like to uh, really really stress people so and it sounds like you would
1: agree with that too i'm guessing yeah for sure definitely think like especially when you can take on like if you have extra time and you're looking to immerse yourself and just learn more in the space like reach out to the organizations get involved um you know try to try to surround yourselves by uh with with friends and other knowledgeable people Um, because again, like, especially if you're not, if you have, say you're saying, well, I already spend five, 10 hours a week of my free time, um, you know, investing in web three, whether that's, you know, going through Twitter, um, you know, take creating content, whatever it may be. Um, there is almost always a, a benefit at some level to, um, adding an organizational, uh, and an organizational knowledge to that uh to your own knowledge and your own ability to create and produce whatever it is you're you're creating and producing and even if you're just knowledge seeking right like there there is a lot of benefit to be had from um everybody else out there and again you know like we as artists i think oftentimes think that we uh can really just push through a lot of stuff uh tend to be very independent people um, tend to, I think, as a whole, um, and I know I'm, I'm definitely a strong exception against this, but I think artists as a whole tend to stray away from organization and structure, uh, especially external organization structure that is. Um, but that being said, I do think that there is a lot of opportunity there, especially in, um, you know, lower, lower commitment or not, not financially motivated um, sort of situations. Yeah, 100%. And like earlier,
0: for instance, we were talking about like how you might
1: in the future want to do like a more
0: long-form innovation thing and how you think you would need a team to do that. The thing is, as an artist, the kind of like startup and DAO sort of opportunities that we're talking about are a great way to kind of like learn how to build a team, learn how to lead a team, and learn how to like execute on these more lofty ideas that you have. Like I definitely now in, in like this current like day and age, an era of the WGM arc like I feel like I have a better idea of how to accomplish the loftier ambitions that I had when I was younger than before. So but um yeah, I don't know. So so you feel like um <sighs> sorry I just completely lost my train of thought there. My bad. <laughs> okay, well actually we're getting a little bit close to the hour mark anyways. I think we should probably run through a couple more questions and then maybe open it up to the audience. So I'll end with a couple of the ones that I usually talk about. So I think we already touched on this a little bit, but do you have any specific advice for artists out there that are wanting to seek out an organization or are collectively created out?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, to, to anyone kind of, you know, first getting started or first considering what to do, um, the first thing, especially in Web3, is I'd say work with your niche. Um, there are smaller subsets of communities and people who do illustrative work, who do painting, who do photography. So there are artists of all different mediums. And definitely learn, uh, learn first of all. Um, like, like follow the people who have done well. Follow the people whose art you like. Follow the people who you think are up and coming um and and support them and learn from them uh before really delving in because yeah first thing before i even started like minting nfts was just take some time to like figure out the scene like what blockchain do i want to mint on what platforms are available for that how can i promote my art best like what are the best tools to use for my social media profile like what should i have in my banner my profile picture what content should i have pinned how should I organize my media tab? P.S. Never post GIFs. St- artists, please stop posting gifts, memes, in your replies. It makes it very hard to follow your work. Um, I will say, too, yeah, like, that, that, that might just be a pet peeve of mine, but I will literally not follow somebody if they say they're an artist and I go to their media tab and I just can't find their art. Or, like, I can find one piece of art and then it's, like, five, ten memes. So, yeah, organize your media tab um, and, and for sure, just like, like seek out what you want to do and where you want to provide value. Um, and don't just try to hop on the latest train. So if you are, you know, doing work that is very, very different from 10 K generative PFPs, your business model and how you promote and how you sell and how you structure your drops, uh, should probably be pretty different from that. So, um, especially if you're looking to commoditize your work, like think about what the ways um, that people are already doing it are. Um, you know, seek to innovate always, but but also there is a lot to be learned from what's already been done too. So yeah, look for spots where there are opportunity and then push ahead. I love to hear that.
0: And then, so on an even more specific note, so. Do you have any advice or do you have any words you'd like to say to anybody that may be considering like joining Burrito now or anybody that has interest? So oh, yeah. As lead in HR, I think we'd have some good thoughts on that.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we are – so right now we are definitely working on uh, restructuring a bit internally, focusing on having a big shift to uh, projects over teams. Um, and we have a lot of really exciting content coming up. So – Within the next week or so, we're going to be really sort of restructuring the leadership and administrators of the organization. Um, And then hopefully within like the next week, week and a half, are going to start really hardcore trying to um, onboard and incorporate a lot of, especially the artistic and design talent that we have, uh, that's definitely being under leveraged at the moment. Um, So moving forward, if you are an artist or a designer or anything like that, um, are interested or really even just have any sort of skills that you'd like to contribute, feel free to shoot me a DM, Joe a DM, uh, really anyone in Burrito DAO a DM and it'll end up with the right person um, because we are a very, very arms open organization. If you know the same people we know and have stuff to contribute, it is pretty much a known brainer that we will involve you. And we are just looking to grow and expand uh, and continue pushing the Ritos into the outer reach is a web three so that's my that's my sales pitch but yeah also please do if you want to reach out i probably am the i or joe actually Joe is probably even better to reach out to initially but yeah definitely i'll second
0: all of that and again if anybody does have any questions or anything unless you come up to ask a question or are having has any questions feel free to request but um yeah i'll Again, I'll second all of that. And I'll say that the Discord is also a great resource. We have the Discord on the Burrito DAO account. And um, that's always a good place where you can drop in with any questions, drop in to just kind of join the community without being, like, an official, formal part of the DAO itself. And I know we definitely – we're definitely keeping an eye on, like, people that are, like, active in the community and all of that. And um, as far as the spaces go, we're doing this one on a Tuesday. But generally, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 7 p.m. EST. So you can always catch us there, too. But um, – yeah, I don't see anybody requesting unless somebody comes up. Maybe we should come
1: to a close here. How are you guys feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I've, I've had a great time. This is this has been a good interview, and thanks thanks for nailing this, giving me the opportunity to talk about so much cool stuff. So, yeah, if anyone has any questions, too, or anything they, they would like to just ask me about in private, too, feel free to shoot me a GM, uh, DM, not GM. Although you can't – actually, please do shoot me a GM, too. Um, you know, never enough GMs to go around. Uh, And on that note, GM. GM. Awesome. Well, thank you so much to everybody for joining us in the audience.
0: Thank you, Yuli, for joining me. Thanks, Joe, for hosting. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 7 p.m. EST, and you can catch us in the Discord. Thanks, everybody.